Welcome back, friends, to episode two of season nine of Slide Between the Pages. And today we're going to be sliding between the pages with Saxon James. Welcome, Saxon. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> we're very excited to chat this week because, of course, we're going to be talking about the CU Hockey Series. And let's just say this is a favourite of Beck's anything hockey. Um, so she's all in and I mean, I think we know that I'm obsessed with you and your books, so that's clear. I think now, like MM hockey is my favorite. MM hockey is definitely yeah, specific, specifically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Look, I can cook those guys all day. So yeah. Good. Actually, I think my first ever hockey was an MM hockey <laughs> like years ago. I think I actually think that's the case. Yeah. 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 And then I got you to read it, and then it's just been an addiction ever since. You Look, have it's, good, it's yeah it's a good addiction to have really mm. absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah now for those that have listened for a while Saxon has been on before because of course we talked about the Puck Boys series and um some of your solo rights because CU Hockey is a co-write that you have with Eden Finley mm-hmm. um but for those that are new so Saxon does write MM Romance um, whether you love sports or small town, college guys or men getting their second shot at love, she's got something there for everyone. And there's only positive queer vibes here is what you'll find in Saxon's bio, which I love. Now, today we are going to talk about the CU Hockey Series, which is a five-book series and it is complete. So if anybody is, you know, not liking to get into um, incomplete series, you don't have to worry about that. It is complete and they are all standalones as well. So they're interconnected standalones. So you can read them in any order, but obviously if you read from the start, you get those little hints as you go along about different things that are happening. And we'll start with book one, as is the logical place to start. So it starts with power plays and straight A's. And honestly, I'm obsessed. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I like, loved this book. <laughs> I really um, relate to Zach. It's funny because that book definitely like, gets the least love out of all of them. I, I think because Beck and Jacobs follow it. Um, so people will read that one and then they read the second one and they just forget about our poor babies. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel that. It's so sweet. (laughs) And I love when he tried, like, when he is being funny and everyone's like, are you being funny? He's like, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. So it is about Foster Grant, who is like a hockey god. You know, he's the captain of the of the college hockey team. He's destined for the NHL. He has a twin brother who doesn't really look like him. Like they look like brothers, but they don't look like twins. And his twin brother has a best friend called Zach. Now, Zach is socially awkward. He's definitely um definitely finds it difficult to understand most social situations because he's so book smart 
And they say that a lot about book smart people. Like they just don't have the common sense side of things. Like they're that's part of their brain. I mean, he's definitely neurodiverse. Like we can tell that he's neurodiverse. I like that Amanda's like, I relate to Zach because I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so intelligent. I just find it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he, it's just so funny because he likes to people watch. He likes to try and understand social situations and he's been bullied because of because of that and because he has found himself in situations where his reactions might not be the same as other people's reactions because of how he's interpreted it or because of how he just says things and he doesn't understand how they might come out but also because he is gay and he's found himself in some situations at the university that he was at with um Seth where they were roommates and, you know, became best friends and Seth really wanted to look out for him. So he decides to change because obviously he's, you know, motored through his his course and he's ahead course, mm-hmm. to his master's. Decides to change over to a different college, which is where um, Foster obviously goes. And mm-hmm. it's funny to find his reasons for that as not just because of the bullying, but because he just felt like he was holding Seth back mm-hmm. because Seth was so protective of him. And he was like, I want him to have the college experience and not have to hold back because he's trying to look out for me or, you know, be there for me. Mm-hmm. So Seth obviously says to Foster, you know, just keep an eye on my best mate. Yeah. Like look after him. And Foster's but like, don't you dare do anything more than look after him. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Foster is bi and, you know, from the very start, Seth has been like, no, you can't go near my friend, which is a little bit insulting really, because he's kind of like, no, you're a player. And I just don't, I don't trust you with my friend, my twin brother. I'm like, <laughs> really harsh, Seth. But also... I think we need to call out how good of a friend and brother Seth actually is. Like, you can trust him with a secret. He's not telling anyone. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not going to let, he's not going to let those secrets out. Um, And look, I do feel for Zach on his first day because he didn't have a very good first day. Like, you know, and um, his inner monologue in relation to that is quite hilarious because he's just like literally coaching himself through. It doesn't matter that all that went bad. It's still fine. It's still fine. Like everything is great. You know, emotions are transient. I can control them. Um, and <laughs> then like he gets shut on by a bird. Mid- <clears throat> I sent that to Eden and I was just like, this was our first time ever co-writing together. And I was very intimidated because I was like complete nobody then. She sent me her first chapter and I read it and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like so nervous. How the hell do I follow that up? <clears throat> and so when I sent this one back, I literally was just there biting my nails. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and she read it and she's like, Sachin in it. It was really trying to keep it together. Really. And that was basically me writing the chapter. <laughs> Metaphorically shut on and then literally shut on on the same day I mean it's not it's not good it's not (laughs) but then he said he says he's in a monologue says but it's good luck isn't it (laughs) 
But it's really trying to clutch at all the straws. And I mean, good on him. Good on him. Um, But yeah, he, the thing is, he's decided to become a TA for a class that he doesn't really understand because he wants to challenge himself. And that's sports psychology because he just doesn't understand how people can be a part of a team, have their individual goals and, you know, but also then join together as a team for a team goal. And whereas Foster is obviously very team oriented, he's the captain, he's everything like that. So, you know, it starts out as a little bit of an innocent type of helping situation. But obviously Foster's always thought Zach was hot. And, you know, he's just been trying to be good for Seth's sake. But now they're in each other's face the whole time and he's kind of like, mm, you know, would it be would it be bad if I did go there? The answer is no. <laughs> Just <one time>. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do actually, out of the whole situation, I feel sorry for Jacobs, like on the side the whole time because I like know. you totally tell that Jacobs even though he's like unequivocally continues to say that he's straight, you can totally tell that he's got a thing for Foster the whole time. And he's just sitting on the sidelines watching this whole thing play out. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> Oops. Oh, it's <laughs> fine though. It's fine. He'll, he'll figure it out. Yeah. Look, I know I'm reading about him figuring it out right now. <laughs> um, but he figures it out. He figures it out. But still at the time I felt really bad for him. I love when he um, he gets Zach drunk. Oh my god! <laughs> Zach gives him his name too, because <laughs> obviously his name is Christopher Jacobs, and Jack and Zach does not like to, uh-huh. you know, um, how does Give he put names. it? He doesn't like to go by the by the sports jocks way of calling each other by their surnames. So he's like, I need to come up with a nickname for you, and yeah, he names him Topher and. You know, that really comes into play in book two. That really does. Um, I don't think at that point Jacobs is appreciating Zach that much. (laughs) Um, No, he's getting there. (laughs) Now, obviously, during this whole thing, it's decided that Foster will, you know, show the college way, you know, all of the college experiences. And one of those things is, you know, getting a blowjob in the bathroom at a, at a frat party. Yeah, because why not? And Where I else? mean, that's on the list. It so is. you got to kind of follow the list and that's, you know, that just has to happen. Mm. And oh my I have, God. I have a thing for a hot bathroom hookup too. Like So hot. <laughs> I can't even. Like immediately. Even, even with the uncomfortably tight jog strap. No. It was so hard. He tried. He tried so hard. It was so hard. I was like, actually, but before he gets to that bar, that hot soup bathroom scene, when when Foster finds the loophole because he, you know, Zach's the TA, so he mm-hmm. finds the loophole. He's like, I've got to go to the library and research this. And then I love when Zach, like, he's so. Like he didn't back down from that. He's like, oh, well, he's found the loophole and I will go and talk to my professor. Professor, And then I love when he's like, oh, no, I've got a call set. And then he does. Oh, my God. That call was <laughs> hilarious. 
<laughs> I love that part. And he's he's like, what, right and now? He's like, uh, I'm going to fuck Foster. And he's like, <laughs> actually, and he said, I'm fucking Foster. <laughs> right now? And Seth's like, ah, oh, okay, we're going to talk about tents. And then Seth's like, I am going to fuck. No, wait, why am I saying this? Get this out of my head. Well, it was like it. one of my favourite parts. I, mean, I did love that. I love it because he just has no social ability in terms of some things. He just like blurts out the thing that's on his mind. And I also really love his friendship with Ray because they're oh so. Oh my God. She's so hilarious. It's so cute. Like in the library. Yeah. And they just say like the most awkward and like things that people would think were rude, but the other person's just like, yes. Like they just answer mm. so succinctly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I love this friendship for them. Yeah. I love when Ray, when they're in the library. And Ray's like, this is giving me anxiety. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, okay. (laughs) I know. Because, yeah. And, I mean, she does, she does let the cat out of the bag in relation to his virginity. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. Or fortunate as it may be that Foster was just sitting in the Doing his research. While doing his research. Mm. And he found out that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole situation just cracks me up. And then, yeah, obviously after the blowjob, he has to go down and get drunk because he's trying to get himself some liquid courage. And Jacobs tells him that that's what tequila will give you. And we all know that's, that's not, not the way to go. Tequila yeah. never ends well. well. Actually, it does yeah. give you liquid courage at the time. Far too much. <laughs> too much, too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so anyway, obviously that leads to some hot, steamy moments with him and Foster. And Foster hasn't told his parents. And I think I really love those subtle moments when they're at the when they're at Foster's house for like Thanksgiving and they're like teasing each other and Foster's parents are like talking about him bringing a girl home and they're all like <laughs> Um, but I think my favorite part of that is when he actually tells his parents and his parents are like so shocked but like they're like well I'm really sorry but we have prepared this whole speech for Seth because we thought (laughs) Seth was gay and I just don't know how to take this I'm sorry I mean we love you let's hang on we've got a speech ready we do love you and oh no hang on we were going to say that Seth would need to get you to beat people up for him but you'll just have to take that on on your own (laughs) (laughs) they had really discussed it I honestly love some of those family scenes that Eden writes. They are so fun. And she just nails the parents every time. (laughs) I know. It's so funny. And I love that Seth's like, what the hell? I have always brought girlfriends home. And they're like, yeah, I know. but Have you though? Have you? That's one of the heads. Sure, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I did. I, I really loved that. And, you know, Zach being who he is, his insecurity about understanding social situations led him to a lot of doubt where there was none on Foster's side. And I really loved that about Foster because he just was not, there was just no, the whole time he was like, yep, this is what it is. You know, why are we, why are we worried about it ending and this type of stuff? And, you know, it was really cute when he was like, when he got his agent and he was like, you know, if I could get, if I could get a team around here, that'd be good. And (laughs) 
That'd be cool. Like, I'm not going to say no somewhere else, but also, like, it'd be really great if it was here. <laughs> and also how he, like, fully has a, has a fanboy crush on his agent. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. on Damon. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I didn't know you know, that I was going to see you and, you know, you, you represent all the out players and I can't believe you'd pick me. And he's like, yeah, okay. Well, I didn't know you were gay, but sure. I just thought you were a player, Um, but that's good to know. (laughs) Calm down, please. (laughs) So yeah, overall, I mean, their relationship's just so cute. I don't know. It's maybe it's because they're so different and everybody's so doesn't expect it of them being together because, you know, uh, Foster's so outgoing and Zach's so introverted and yeah, maybe that's why I like it so much, but I just love the way they are together. Yeah. Like pick me up and hold me. (laughs) It was just, yeah, it was just such a fun dynamic to write as well because like, I mean, obviously Zach being nerdy, most of the time when you read nerdy characters, they're very like reserved and sort of have to be led into things by the stronger character. Um, and look, I will gobble those up like all day of the week. Um, one of the things that I just really loved about Zach is that like, even though he had no clue what he was doing, had no idea of social situations, he's like, okay, so this is the thing we're doing. All right. How do we get there? Let's do it. Like, yeah, I love that about him too. Like he was just, he, he was nervous, but he was also confident at the same time. He's like, hmm. He liked the fact that Foster didn't try and baby him. He enjoyed the comfort he got from Seth's relationship, but he liked the fact that he was kind of having some independence and that Foster was just kind of like, yeah, you can do it. And, you know, you're going to do it and putting him into situations that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with. And yeah, that was, that was really cool dynamic. Yeah. And, you know, when, when Foster got signed and then Zach was like, oh my God, this is really happening. (laughs) So cute. I loved when he when that first game he goes to and he wears um Foster's jersey. And I'm like, this guy has no idea what this actually means. I know. <laughs> it was so cute. And even Steph was like, you know what this means, right? And he's like, No, I lost no, a bet. I'm I wearing it. So, I mean that was the deal. And that <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It was it was so cute. Their whole dynamic was like cute. And then in the first book, in the first part of book two, them together again, I'm just like, I need them to be here the whole time, but they're not going to be yeah. in the background. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I loved that in book three, we got to sort of bring them in a tiny bit more as well. That was yeah. really fun. Yeah, definitely. I think that whole dynamic is awesome. And, you know, I am, I am reading book two at the moment. So I'm like 50% in and I'm really, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> I'm not, we're not going to spoil book two guys, but you know, you need to go and jump on it because honestly. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know. So we weren't originally planning a series. It was just meant to be that first book. Um, and then we finished it and we were about to publish it. And I said to Eden, look, Jacobs has a story. Like we just, we have to write this one. Just one more, like just his, and then we can be done with it. Um, and so obviously like it just kept going, but <laughs> somehow we just meant to like throw the first one up, put the second one out and just walk away. But Jacobs and Beck just became like these huge fan favorites that completely caught us unprepared. And we were like, oh, 
Okay, because no, I, I get it. I, I, I get I, it. Yeah, well, when it released, that one didn't rank anywhere near what the first book. Like that had the crappiest rank out of all of the books that we've released. Um, but everybody's just constantly like Beck and Jacobs, Beck and Jacobs, Beck and Jacobs, Teddy and Topper. And so we're like, all right, cool. How do we do that again? <laughs> yeah, it was a fluke. I, yeah, I get it. I think it's because they're so, they're so similar, but also like slightly different, like in terms of their attitudes and the way that they are. But yes, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into that more because I could talk about that a lot, but I feel like people need to go in and read it because honestly, I, I can understand why they're fan favorite, but I'm never going to lose my little, my little soft spot for Zach. So that's just always going to be there. Um, it's because you're smart like him. Yes, I'm super <laughs> smart. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's get into some questions. We do actually have a question from somebody in your group to start off with. Sure. So somebody asked that, or well, somebody said they're really interested in how your lived experiences inform your writing and characters, or is it the characters that speak to you first? It's a very detailed question. <laughs> um, look, I think that all lived experiences sort of come through even subconsciously. Um, I don't ever sort of have a scenario that I'm in and I'm like, oh, my God, I need to write this. Um, for me, I'm very much a character writer, so they come first. And most of the time, I would say, I'll like, they will just show up one day and then they're there and they're like, cool, this is my story. This is who I am. This is my name. Like, let's get to it. Um, which makes it a lot easier to sort of build the plot line around that rather than trying to come up with a plot and like building the characters into the plot. Mm -hmm. um, I just find that it helps them drive the story a lot more, which feels more authentic to me when I'm writing it. Um, and it also means that when I do finish the book and try to go back and write bonus scenes and things, they're sort of like real people in my mind. Um, and so it's very easy to be like, okay, so I'm writing a scene about Orson. This is who Orson is. And like get straight into his voice or like switch from awesome to somebody like Chad or Robbie, who's just so extra. Um, and yeah, I don't think I would be able to do that if the characters were forced for me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, I think personal experiences are always going to slightly come into when you're writing, as you say, because it's subconsciously, even if you're not consciously thinking about it, like subconsciously, like it's going to sway which way you do certain things, I think. Um, yeah. It's always really cool because that is, you know, what differentiates authors really, like their little nuances and things like that that you find in their books. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you're working on at the moment? Oh, that's hard because they're both secret projects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even better. Amanda loves an exclusive. So. You know, I love good secrets. So what about any, do we have any parts? And she won't keep it because she'll publish it in this episode. So yeah, <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> When does this episode publish? <laughs> this will be this Sunday. So yes. Oh, a bit early. Yeah, well, next Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, we're announcing. Um, but I've just finished a book that's a secret project. Um, yep. People know both of the characters that are in it. Okay. I just haven't actually told them who. Um, one of them you meet for the first time in the CU Hockey series, so that's sort of relevant. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much help I can give away. 
not really my secret. But that's okay. <laughs> okay. I told you stuff. Um, but no, the one that I'm starting is um, a precursor to my Frat Wars series. Um, oh. It's just a novella, but I'm going to be doing this novella and then extended epilogues for each of the characters, um, which will sort of show. So how I ended the Frat Wars books, it sort of ended and then we skipped straight to the 10-year reunion and each book has like an extension of that 10-year reunion. So these extended epilogues will be each year between the book ending and the reunion to sort of show people what they've been up to. Um, because one of the questions I get by far the most is, are you going to write more Fratwell's books? And unfortunately, these silly idiots are apparently done with me. So I'm going to try <laughs> them back for some more. Um, and then, yeah, so the prologue will be about one of those characters' dad's meeting when they were in their frat in high school, uh, in college. Um, so, yeah. I, I'm a real sucker for an extended epilogue, like, because, yeah, as you say, people, you know, they get invested with the characters and things like that. And you're just kind of like, I would like more of it. But if you can't get more, the best thing is to go back and, you know, see little glimpses of things that have happened after the fact and, you know, jumping that time. So I think, you know, I think that will be a fan favourite for sure. I hope so. So I know that, like, in the epilogues I've written, I've sort of touched on some of the problems that they went through in their yep. adult life. Um, but I think it's a good way to be able to give people more without having to go through that breakup conflict. Rebuilding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I don't want to do that to them. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Are you planning on attending any book signing events this year? Yeah, so I've got um, Love on the Beach, not this weekend, next weekend in Queensland. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then in two months in April, I've got Newcastle Book Boyfriend. That one's local for me. So I can just literally zip out and zip out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in, in October, I'm doing my first international event at Love in Vegas. Um, I'm like real scared about that one. <laughs> Are there any tickets available for any of those events? Do you know left that people can join? Um, I know that that's just a small line so that's completely sold out Newcastle Book Boyfriend I don't think will sell out because they're having it at the entertainment center so it's like a big expo thing okay. um I think she said she has like a thousand tickets or something so that should be fine um and love love in Vegas hasn't sold out yet um but I know that they did sell a huge number so I don't know how many are actually left or not well that's, yeah, a good, like, that's probably a good indication of people if they want to Come and see you um, and all of the other wonderful authors that will be there, like those are the events that you can see Saxon at. So if you do want to get tickets to Newcastle Book Boyfriend or Love in Vegas, jump on quickly because they do they do go quickly. Yeah, and there are a lot of MM authors actually going to this one in October. So when I originally signed on, it was just me, Eden, Louisa and Marley. Yes. And so the reason I wanted to do an overseas event was to like meet some of my author friends. But yeah. all the ones coming were all Australian ones that I'd already met a few times. I'm like, I'm sick of your guys' faces. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but now a lot more have signed on, especially um, so I was part of a shared world friends and new series, and all of the authors from that one are going to Love in Vegas. So all eight of us will be there. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so seven of us signed on, and then I had to message and I walk out and I'm like, Nick, just <laughs> just some gentle bullying, little man. <laughs> just some pressure. Yeah. In the nicest way. How do you like Vegas? Yay. Yeah, what a better place to to have an author weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing about these events as well. Like if you're wanting to go to a book event and it's not in your like location, you know, you can make it a holiday of it, like meet up with some reader friends or, you know, take your family and you do the event and then spend some time there. It's, it's really cool. We are planning to do that or we're doing that in April. We just booked our flights in the last week. So it's actually real now. (laughs) Well, you had, so she was actually stressing me out. I booked my flights a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't any better, but Amanda had booked all of her accommodation. I'm like, are we getting there? <laughs> Should I just not book my accommodation and I'll just uh, I'll just stay in yours because you <laughs> haven't booked your flight? <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, the flight part was really stressing me out. So I was doing all the accommodation part. But then last week I sent her a message and said, good news, I'm coming to US. So <laughs> I know, we've only known for about it for a year, but <laughs> I've actually booked my tickets. So I'm definitely coming. Yay. <laughs> See, I went last year to like an author conference over there and we did the whole family thing. And I was the opposite. The flights were booked early and then the accommodation, I was just like, eh, we'll get there. <laughs> and it was like two months before we left that I actually booked it. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just so easy now to like travel and book stuff. And yeah. I've only got to book one more hotel. Um, But yeah, you were hilarious. Like if I just wait a bit longer, I'm like, well, the sale has officially ended. I don't know how long. I'm about it. I don't know why in my head I was like, yes, if I book today, tomorrow, they're going to be so much cheaper. And just yeah, like, then it didn't after. happen. And then you're like, shh. I was like, great. Well, I guess I'm going to book then. But then yeah. you randomly caught the cheap flight. It just randomly it, told you it was cheaper. And I was like, thank Christ for that. <laughs> Don't see this well, happening. Everything from Australia is so expensive. It is. I know. It and is. that's the part that I struggle with as well as the exchange rate because, like, yeah. it's, yeah. it's not for any reason. Yeah. Like, it's not for any reason. It's just, like, we don't think your dollar's as good as ours, so you got to pay more money. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and the resort fees. Like, what is that? Yeah, that Get rid of it. Me. I don't want to pay yeah. the resort fee. I'm already paying you taxes. Like, what am I getting for my resort fee? <laughs> It's, it's like, hey, this hotel's $100 a night. You're like, yeah, sweet, go to book it. And it's like, actually, it's $500. I know. Yeah. I think that's like, I think maybe in Australia, they probably charge that as well, but they just put it all under the one banner. So you feel like, yeah. oh, include it in there. I don't want to yeah. know that I'm like, paying it. If I didn't know I was paying it, but it was all just in the one fee, I'd, I'd just be like, oh, that's the fee. But because they're like, well, this is the fee, but then you go pay this and this and this, I'm like, dude that is a lot of different fees yeah yeah you get to that payment page and it's like this huge a4 page worth of extra yeah <laughs> yeah so, i know so funny i mean i actually amanda i totally forgot like i said to chris the other day i was like maybe i'll have to go and just get some cash out and exchange it because i've totally forgot about the tipping <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god that yeah you've got a tip like the bellhop when you get to the hotel you have Everyone. to tip yeah you've got to leave money on your pillow for the people who come and clean your room and I'm just not used to it yeah I know I we were so paranoid when we were there we're like okay do we tip this person this person yeah yeah and then trying to work out you're like is it enough like did I tip enough and then you like feel like you haven't but I was like, it was years ago. It was before my husband and I had kids and we might've actually been our honeymoon and we needed to get, we were at LA at a basketball game. We need to get back to Anaheim and it was midnight and no one, like no cabs would take us like that far. And then we finally found this cab and we were like, in the end, there was hardly anyone left around 
the Staples Center and I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is our first time overseas. We're totally going to get murdered here. And then this cab driver must have just felt so sorry for us. He pulls up. He's like, like, look, we're going to Anaheim. And we ended up tipping him a hundred bucks. Like, because like, thank God you saved him. I mean, this was like 15 years ago. So that would probably have been like a massive amount. Oh, and, and, you know, and my husband just talks to anyone. Like, and so he was like chatting to this cab driver about his life. And the cab driver was like, I haven't been to Anaheim in years. This was <laughs> Really venture for oh. at 12 o'clock at night. happen to me again, Amanda. I'm going to overtip people because I get like anxious. Social anxiety for sure. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. Or you do. get stuck with just 50s in your wallet. You're like, oh. I know. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I don't feel like you can say, oh, could you just give me like 40 bucks? <laughs> yeah, can, do you have change? Begrudgingly <laughs> like, <laughs> giving it over, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole like holding tongue. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yes, we're not cheap guys. We just, you know, <laughs> we're not used to it. No. Oh my goodness. Do you have a favorite or a memorable moment from a book event that you've attended that you've had with like a reader or another author? Um, I mean, there's a couple of ones that like really stand out. Yes, um, I think with them all. Yeah. So my first time meeting Eden was at a book event. She flew down like by surprise um, because we had tried to meet up like five times before then. And it was suddenly like, oh, Queensland's in lockdown. New South Wales in lockdown. Oh, we're oh no, folks, no, we're not. Um, and so we had this whole, Louisa and I were going to the signing. And then the day before Eden sent a message with like a picture of a ticket to Sydney. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm coming, surprise. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, and then there's been other ones where like some readers, they meet you and they just like either freeze or start shaking or like burst into tears. And I'm just there like, I don't understand. <laughs> and it's like so cute. And I just like, I just have to hug them immediately. And I'm like, I don't know if this is making it worse. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where like, I've just finished changing my son's poopy nappy and my other son has just flattered on me. And my other son has told me he hates me. And so like, I know who I am and I am not worth all that and so when people come to signings and that's like their immediate reaction and like I've gotten that way with authors in the past as well like when I was younger I've been to signings I've sort of done the whole freeze up like oh my god um so I get it but then I also do not get it <laughs> it's very get it, strange but, you're thinking, but it's me I know yeah, <laughs> yeah no yeah calm um, down Thomas. not like no tears please <laughs> I thought you might have said like you, the awkward encounter with us. <laughs> Meeting you guys, hundred percent. Do you remember? It was in Sydney, wasn't it? Yeah. The, um, what was it we, called that signing? Uh, books by the bridge or under the, the bridge? bridge. Yeah. Yes. Because um, we had was that our first one? We, I think that was that was our first one. I think our yeah. first event that we'd been to, and we had gone there, and um, we were so adorable. We just had like these ba little bags with us we're like yeah that'll do and then we seen like all these people actually that's where we met Jenna and she had like this giant suitcase and I was like we were incredibly unprepared we were incredibly <laughs> unprepared um but anyway we may do <laughs> we had to lug all those books back but our goal for that was also to like we already had like a list of people we wanted to get on the podcast and um obviously you were one of them and we just <laughs> your table because we're like you go and ask 
<laughs> and then we seen the the like yeah the uh which what was the one with the puck on it um not the, the model. puck boys it yeah, was, it was puck boys, boys but the one with yeah, the puck. yeah and I was like but Amanda I need that book you co-op <laughs> but now we we have no yeah, we have no filter. We just go. Yeah, you get over that real fast. I think the first maybe like one or two signings you go to, it's all very overwhelming and just too much. Yeah. And yeah. Then after that, you're just like, eh, eh I've yeah. done this before. This is fine. <laughs> I honestly think it's so cool Please. that people come up to you and cry. Like, that's amazing. I would oh, Amanda like, would love it. I would love it if somebody like saw me and was like, oh my God. I mean, there'd be no I reason wouldn't. for it to happen because like, I'm literally like not an author, nothing. But just if somebody saw me and did that, I'd be like. That, yeah, that's my reaction. I'm literally like. Oh, I but you. I mean, you're <laughs> like an accomplished author, like a best-selling author. So like you shouldn't have that reaction. You should understand that people are like amazed to meet you. Whereas I would <laughs> genuinely be like, yes, it's amazing to meet me, but there's no reason for it. <laughs> Check the like, oh, this is me. But no, that, that's literally how I feel. Like I am a nobody. And my family reminded nobody. My, my husband, um, his brother was over the other day, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, one of my friends um, at work said that you're constantly coming up on TikTok." And I'm like, "Oh okay." And my husband's like, "What? You're on TikTok?" And I'm just like, "Oh, like yeah, I've got an account there." And he's like, "No, no, other people post me about your books." And so my husband's jumped on um, TikTok. He didn't know how to use it. He's just like plugged in my name, and he's like scrolling through all of these people like doing reviews, and he's just like, "Huh?" Oh. Like what? He goes, "I don't." I don't think I realized that you were anybody until this moment. <laughs> Thanks, like, babe. Actually serious though, because outside of the romance world, people really don't understand how big it is. Like they don't. And even if you talk, tell them like, oh, you know, we've got a book box business or whatever. They're like, oh, that's cute. You know, um, good, for you. <laughs> good for you. That's, you know, you might sell like a couple of boxes and you know, they just don't understand how much love and support there is in that world and how big of an industry it is. Like it's bigger than any other genre. Mm-hmm. People don't get it. Like I actually, and this, I, I am going to mention this, but I actually had a conversation with. I was um, wondering if you're going to bring this up. With my sister-in-law's um, mother. And she tried to tell me that autobiographies were better selling than romance books. And so I had to get the I had to get the stats out. Um, Amanda messaged me while she was mid conversation. I'm like, really? And then I'm just like, here's like, here's another fact. Here's another. Fact. <laughs> I mean, it because it is it is frustrating to an extent, and that's just from us, from like a reader business perspective. But from an author perspective, it must be frustrating because, like, it's an extremely accomplished career, um, especially doing indie authoring like you're doing the entire thing yourself Mm. all the marketing all the promotion the you know the actual getting the book ready etc and there's so much involved in it but I but you see how often it's just looked down on as like a hobby or like oh you know it's a romance book so it's like you know for the for the mummies that are at home and stuff like that like you hear those types of comments a lot but it's so frustrating like I just every time it happens I just want to bring up my stats like oh look at this look at that look at that number so yeah I did I may have I may have got into that argument with my sister-in-law's mum and I may have brought out the stats but you know I couldn't I couldn't stand there and listen to autobiographies being (laughs) I, I couldn't do that that was too far it's literally like the romance industry 
boosts up the entire publishing industry. Like all these big publishing houses wouldn't be where they are without the romance books. Exactly. And they're always the ones that are like brushed to the side. Um, so yeah, like the misogyny is real and it's very frustrating, but. So frustrating yeah. and also frustrating because like sometimes you'll see those big authors that are, you know, trad published, they get so much of a shout out, but then still there's for some reason, this disconnect between that and other romance authors like, oh yeah, but they're, they're, they are accomplished, but it's the yeah. same thing. Like, I don't understand that. And I don't understand how you could see the same thing in movies and everybody be like, that's amazing. But then in a book, like some people will be like, that's so scandalous. I can't believe that would be happening. And you're like, you literally watched it in a movie. Like people literally just like frothed over a movie about a guy drinking bath oh So You know, like that. And that was, you know. Were they frothing? I don't know if they were frothing about that part. I mean, the bathwater was frothing maybe. Well, the bath I watched that frothing. and it wasn't what he was doing that got me. It was the slurp sound it was a dirty drain dirty yeah. drain that's the thing that was getting me and the slurp oh I, I was literally like holding back my breakfast and that's and that's like, a that's a big call coming from you considering what you write <laughs> but at the same time I did have to give him props because he really went for it. Like he wasn't doing it half-assed, you know what I mean? Like he was nah, he wanted it. Was like right in there. Yeah. And so yeah. at that point, like you do have to kind of go, you know what? Like good kudos. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. Beck, bring out the saucy questions. Oh, okay. Um, this is just one for my personal self. Um, do you have a favorite couple you have written? Mm, see this question, my answer changes every single time. Yeah. I think that's why we need to ask it again, because I know we <laughs> asked it last time, but like you've had time to reflect and you've written more people. Mm -hmm. mm. It's hard because like my default is always like one of the ridiculous characters, like Robbie or one of the puck boys or something, just because they're so fun. Um, but then I think back to like Seven and Molly, who are from my Accidental Love series. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I put like sort of more of my own personal experience into them, but I just want to wrap them both in a blanket and keep them safe forever. Um, <laughs> because they're just like, I just love the whole Seven being like this huge, scary, redheaded tattoo artist. Um, and then he's just like so soft and pure inside, like he won't swear, he won't like intimidate people. And he's just like so kind hearted, even though he tries to hide it by being really grumpy. Um, and then Molly's just like pure sunshine. And I just loved writing those two together. I could write them forever, I think. So for right now, they're probably my favorite, but then I'll start these extended epilogues and go back to the frat boys and be like, oh no, these guys. I do love that um, contrast because it's very much like don't judge a book by its cover when you've mm. got these big, muscly, like gruff looking men, but they're like really soft, you know, quiet or, you know, they don't swear or whatever. It's just like a complete contrast. I love that. Mm. Mm. If we're going to do like a fuck, marry, kill. Okay. And it's going to be a bit random because we are going to have Foster and Seth in there and Zach. That's so mean. I know, but honestly, I feel like it's Even neat. I don't want to answer that. Yeah, Jesus. Sorry, but also not sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So our Viking 
Foster Grant, I think would have to be the fuck. Um, Mary. I'm not listening. <laughs> She's not going to like who I kill, probably. <laughs> think I would marry Seth. Mm. Um, or Zach. And I'd have to off my little baby Zach. Yeah, actually, weird because I was going to go for that exact combination. Yeah. So I feel Zach would just get on my nerves. Look, this is who I picture as Zach, though, and I'm not. Um... Oh, her picture of Zach. Yeah, this is who I picture as Zach. So I'm oh not. Oh my gosh, oh my... yes. 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 And so I'm not, I'm not killing him off, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, he can stay around. <laughs> he can stay. He can. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I know I'm here for the, uh, I, I mean, I'm here for for fucking Foster. Like, I don't think you could not do that. No. And look, marrying him, I just think would be too much. He would be too high maintenance. Yeah. Whole hockey career. No, not doing yeah. that. Um, It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot. Yeah. And if I tried to kill him, like, let's face it, he'd just overpower me and kill me anyway. So I think I have a better shot with Zach. Um purely because that guy's going to be reading a book at some point and he'll have his back turned and see ya. <laughs> no, he'll just be too focused on people. She really watching. thought about that. It she's made that like it's not even like something that she's ever thought about, but she's like, yeah, Zach would be an easy kill. I'm going to pretend like this is a hard question. <laughs> like, this is so hard, but also when he's reading a book, I'm going to dig that knife into his back. Yeah. Mm. Go for the small ones. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I... um. Actually, jumping back to that book, I do love the fact that there's the rivalry between the two unis and then they, like, him and Seth have this rivalry going on about it and the fact that their mascots are, like, so the similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But one's extinct or something. One's extinct, that. yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, so, so you know, original that they chose that. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, I do love, yeah, how different they are as twins. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, now, I did have another one. Just go find it. Yes. Okay. So if you could pick like a harem, and it doesn't need to necessarily be limited. Let's just say you've got a harem out of your characters. Who would you pick? <sighs> okay. Um... I think Ezra, but then I would also have to choose Anton because he's literally the only one who can control that man. Um, and Ezra by himself would drive me up the wall. He'd be way um, too choppy. He needs to, like, be dumped by Anton to, like, be put in his place. Yeah, exactly. He needs his babysitter. Otherwise, he's just wild. Yeah. Um, and then... Who do I have? Oh, I'd have to have Zeke because Zeke, I just love Zeke from my Frat World series. And God, who have I even written? Oh, Keller from System Overload. That man's mouth is just like freaking ridiculous. And... and then probably Xander, who I haven't actually written as a main character yet. He's just like the little boy on the side. But they can all have their fun. And leave yeah. me alone to fight. And that would be the perfect harem for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, that's not to say you can't like get involved, you know, like um 
at times and also super hot watching them <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, I think, look, I'm not going to disagree there, but I do feel like I need Dex. Oh, Dex, yeah. Oh. Look, he'd be the, he'd be, he and Xander would be the snuggle buddies. And because, you know, like, you know, he's just going to be like your number one supporter. Like no matter yeah. what, he's there. He's just like yeah. that loyal supporter, 100% all in all the time, you know. Mm. He has your back. Yeah, absolutely. He may not even understand what you're doing, but he will be there. Like you could be like, I'm going to do this and be like, sure, I don't know why, but we're here. Let's we're do here. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Mm. last question if you had a superpower what would it be um it could be anything like paranormal whatever look this is probably going to be really boring but I would just want to be able to phone myself have somebody else to do all the boring shit and then just leave me to live my life that would actually be great. Yeah. yeah. I would really enjoy that. Be like, you go and clean and run errands and the crap shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it is so boring to do that stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's like nobody nobody has time for that. No. And then people come to your house and they're like, oh, it's a bit messy. And it's like, yeah, sorry, I'm so busy running like my own business, but whatever. Mm. I can't, I just can't deal with with those social types of situations, I don't know. I'm growing less and less tolerance for them. I'm like, why? Are you? Say that? <laughs> I think to myself, like, why do you need to say that though? Yeah. Oh, what what purpose is it getting? It's always my mum and my mum-in-law every single yes. time they come over. Even if the house is clean, it's they always find something to nitpick at. And I've got to the point where I'm just like, you need to stop. Like, I know. Immediately stop or just please leave. <laughs> I can't. Well, it's just like queens support queens yeah let's do it exactly. what does it matter mm-hmm. now before we go back did you have any quotes that you needed to read out so i know this is like a bit of a compulsion of yours that you like to do um so i will feed that for you um yeah i do i do one second um i it was more as well like just the scenes like i was just like <laughs> it's so funny um, but definitely the one we mentioned before, which was the, um, hang on, how do I, I, hang on, I'm going to do it on my phone because it doesn't come up properly on my Kindle. The phone, when he calls Seth, when Zach calls Seth, that's like hilarious to me. Um, okay. While you're looking that up, I must say that I really liked when he had to, when his professor was like, I think you just need to get up and teach part of the class. And so he like studied his little butt off so that he would know the words like, you know, off by heart. And then people started like asking questions that weren't in his little like step by step. And he got all and he got all flustered. And then somebody said that sex was essential to survival. And he was like, well, I'm not sure sex is essential to survival. <laughs> it was all like stuttery. And then somebody's like, well, you've clearly been doing it wrong then. I know. I was <laughs> like, oh. And then Zach in his little head's like, but I haven't done it at all. That's the right way. I would so do I do love that when he researches, he goes and watches porn. I think that's hilarious. I know. Um, Actually, that was one of his little jokes that, no, that, that um 
he had with Foster and Foster's like um are you joking he's like obviously (laughs) (laughs) when he said um Foster says to him oh my god please tell me that you haven't been watching porn as like a instruction manual and then he goes uh yeah I have and the pizza guy hasn't cracked onto me once and I was starting to think that he was malfunctioning and then Foster's like uh was that a joke (laughs) (laughs) it's the funniest thing through the whole thing when he like cracks these jokes and and they're like wait you're being funny right now it's like (laughs) obviously I am so funny hilarious can't you tell and that's why you like Because Amanda thinks she's funny too, but she's only the one laughing. It's at her own. <laughs> Honestly. Um, <laughs> I do. I love when, like, um, when he, after the um, game, um, that that Foster attacks um, the bully from the other, the other class. And then he, when he comes in and, you know, they get it on in the... Um, the change room but then when when foster goes back over and then he's just like he just teases him all the time like i love the the little banter so one of them was when he says let's start with how you attacked my mouth i was like <laughs> and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> um what else i've got the one with ray you're giving me anxiety go away i feel like that's going to be my new like quote i was expected <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah when he was watching porn he's like I realized my mistake a second after I hit search when diagrams and illustrations of vaginas fill the screen oops revise how to have gay sex (laughs) 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 oh and this part like like I I don't think which part was this was this at the um so he hasn't actually Foster knows he's a virgin but I don't think like you know um Zach's figured it out that he knows. And when Foster leans in and says, think about it, just know I'll make it good for you. And I'm like, yeah, you will. You will. Yes. Um, I like the really cocky moment where Foster's like, hey, so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to explain this whole concept to you with one word. And when I do, I'm going to win this bet and you're going to come to this. And he's like, there's no possible way. And then he's like, symbiosis. And then Zach's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I don't know why that was so hot. Why was that so hot where Zach was just, like, it was like Zach was stunned silent. Like, this guy is smart. He's actually yeah. smart. Yeah. And actually when he was really drunk and he was like, he's so smart. He's smarter than me. <laughs> you know, yeah. people. Yeah. Um, when Seth and Foster are on the, the couch and like um, Seth says like, what have you done? Like, have to to Zach because no one's heard from him um and then he said I didn't do anything well not really I might have told him I wanted to fuck him maybe <laughs> I was like yeah you did and you so it's did. just like um excuse me wait um poor Seth. poor Seth's like in the house constantly having to run out the door like oh great yeah. my mm. best friend and my twin far out this is awkward I'm gonna go walk yeah. Actually, this part I love too. When he turns up, when Zach's like, he's like, right, spoke to the professor. That's sorted. I filled out my form. Now I've got to go over and tell him that we're doing this. And then when he gets there and, he, and Foster walks out, he's going to practice. Um, and then Foster says, you want me to come over practice? Hold you while I fuck you in your bed? Yes. 
I love how he, he does do that. And he's like, yeah, I'm ready. And then plus it's like, I've got practice. He's like, oh, well, that timing's inconvenient then. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll adjourn later. And then- <laughs> in his head, he was just like, this is what happens. I don't, nobody else has anything I'm on. I've watched, <laughs> I've watched the videos. I've got the form filled out. I've got oh, mission. I've ticked all the boxes. And then Foster turns around and says, no, we'll wait till this weekend. And then... He goes, this weekend I'm taking you out. Then we'll see what happens. I love when Zach's like, sex, sex will happen. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh, it was just like, it was so funny. Like I didn't, I actually, when I was looking at this, Amanda, I was like, I didn't even really highlight like too many hot quotes. Like I normally, I only like highlight the dirty ones, but I was highlighting like the funny. (laughs) I do love their banter. I do love it. So good. (laughs) Well, yes, if anybody hasn't read this series yet, it's definitely one to get involved with, but also Saxon has a complete backlog. So if you haven't read any of her books, once you read one, then you'll obviously have a whole back catalogue to go catch up on because you'll be obsessed. Uh, You can go and jump on and see if you have any tickets to those events that she's attending this year as well. Um, They are awesome. If you haven't ever been to a book event before, it's definitely something to try out. And probably get a cart, not a little bag. Correct. (laughs) Do some research in advance. Because that that was ridiculous. Even if you don't do a pre-order, you're definitely going to buy things when you get there. So don't lie to yourself. It will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yes, we will post all of Saxon's stalker links in the uh, episode description and otherwise we will definitely chat to you again soon thanks for joining us thank you so much for having me